It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got our Big Ten football preview, and to do that, I am joined by Steve Braun of Off Tackle Empire. If you guys don't follow Steve or the Off Tackle Empire account, make sure to go over and do that. They are a Twitter account, part of you know, SB Nation that covers the Big Ten. Hilarious account to follow as we get closer and closer to college football season. Um, just fun and we've all, we've had a ton of fun over the years interacting with them here at B5Q. They do a great job. So make sure to give both of them a follow and check out their work. Steve, thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I want to add that we're also one of the few remaining uh, communities with an active commenting section. So if you're feeling particularly chesty about some big win <laughs> Wisconsin has, you want to do dunk on someone, go to some game threads, right? And I'm sure that you can get somebody to respond. You can get somebody to add on to your stuff. You can probably start a flame war if you're feeling if if Wisconsin's had to, I don't know, you know, go on the road, play somebody at a time that was not ideal for them. And then uh, it it didn't work out. Go invent that stuff by by dunking on lesser peons who lost in more embarrassing ways. It's it's one of the reasons that I keep doing it. I love the commenting community. (laughs) Just wanted to advertise that because uh, it's 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 a fun place to either either flex on people or vent your frustrations by dunking on even lesser people. So we're lesser, <laughs> lesser football teams, which, you know, for me, there hasn't been a whole hell of a lot of over the years. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Make sure to go over and check that out. Um, a, a fun, fun old school side for those of you that have been kind of reading the comment sections of, of B5Q for a while. You're probably familiar with that um, and make sure to go over and enjoy yourselves and, Maybe been some frustrations, as we'll likely have throughout the course of this college football season. But we'll go ahead and hop right into the Big Ten. We'll start out east. 
My first question, should Ohio State fans start booking hotels in Indianapolis now or to get a better rate, or should they hold off because someone else might knock them off? What do you think? I mean, I I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, you'd be a fool to pick against them. It's not to say that it couldn't happen. It's just that with the level of talent that they have, it's far and away the most likely option. They completely overhauled the glaring weakness that they had schematically. Um, you know, talent-wise, it remains to be seen what they can produce as far as, you know, fill that role in the super dominant teams that they've had under Urban Meyer and uh, Ryan Day. They've had a force of nature at defensive end. They've had really good defensive line play. They didn't have that last year, but it's hard for me to believe that they can have missed completely on every single one of the blue chip recruits that they brought in to play defensive line because they brought in so many. I'm sure that the scheme change, uh, another year for some of the guys that didn't go to the NFL, um, that scheme change, uh, you, you're not going to see as many linebackers in coverage. Um, you know, 425 is kind of a modern look that everybody's really going to to counter uh, kind of the modern um, spread RPO based offenses it's kind of I mean I mean it's it's so ubiquitous that even Iowa went to a 425 look a few years ago and Iowa who is never going to change anything unless they absolutely have to um, did that so I think between that and the fact that they're probably going to lose to Notre Dame at home in week one means that they're going to be furious and rip through the rest of the schedule by several touchdowns yeah, yeah, I think it's probably a, a foregone conclusion out there in the East with with them. And if you but, look at and if you look ahead. at their competitors, okay, you have Michigan. Their offense does stand to maybe be even better mm -hmm. this year, but really difficult to replace the anchors they had on the defense last year. Um, you know, two guys that had first round grades prior to Ojabo's injury. I don't remember where he actually went, but. Um, Hutchinson and uh, Ojabo certainly putting in an awful lot of work, commanding an awful lot of attention, overwhelming the uh, Ohio State uh, exterior of their offensive line. It was one of the big reasons that they were able to, to do with it. And that's not to say Michigan's not going to be good. It's just that they matched up very, very well with Ohio State last year, and I'm not quite sure they can exploit the same weaknesses this year. Penn State is the other contender that you got to account for because they have the most similar talent level it feels like they've got questions to answer as far as, um, you know, what they it, can, they run the ball yet. Right. Cause that's mm -hmm. been the struggle for them for a few years. They've got a new offensive coordinator um, in his second year now, not a new one, but they're, they got a second year of an offensive coordinator um, that tends to actually be kind of an underrated thing. When we talk about when you're going to see an offense, take a leap forward. It's, it's in the second year, especially with a quarterback that's been running it. Um, an offensive line that, that maybe has some more experience. And um, the question is, can they run the ball? Because it, and it's so bizarre to ask this about Penn State of all teams, but that's been such a problem. It's, it's made their offense really one-dimensional um, in the past. But because of the talent on that team, they certainly could stand up to Ohio State. But, you know, if, if this was a a sport where you had series, I would certainly think Ohio State's got it unlock. I mean, Michigan State, who knows? I think they're going to be very, they've got a very wide range of outcomes they could have on their season, but 
yeah, it's hard for me to really see it being being anybody but Ohio State. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there, and and I really, you know, like you look around, there are, there certainly are contenders in this in this division that you could look to, but when you stack it up and say, okay, you've got to win, you know, win that game against Ohio State and and put yourself in a position to get there, it just seems unlikely to me. You know, two of the contenders we'll talk about: the state of Michigan. You've got Michigan, and Michigan State. We've talked a little bit about the Wolverines already. I think asking to replace those two on the defense and and even some guys in the secondary that maybe weren't as big of names as, as Hutchison and Ajabo, but really it's a lot to replace. And then not to mention you're replacing you both coordinators. Yeah, yep. That's another great point as well. You know, you've got the offensive coordinator gone. So you think the offense might be a little bit better, but what will they look like? on offense is still maybe a little bit of a question mark. I think they'll keep a lot of those things on offense the same. It's just that the defensive play calling is, is going to, by definition, be different. Um, right. So I think Michigan's defense is going to suffer. Um, but, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm an Illinois fan, which means that um, I'm always going to root for the underdog. I always want the team that hasn't won in a long time to, to, to win the thing. In any given game, I'm going to go by who's got, you know, who's got the worst record, right? Who's the, <laughs> who's the underdog? That's who I am if I'm neutral. But again, as a longtime Illinois fan, I also generally assume that kind of the least that that I generally assume that the rich will get richer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And in, in, in Ohio State, just seems to have shored up some of their question marks, and they still got to play the games. And, and there's certainly, you know, Michigan. You know, as as I say that, I still think they'll be a very good football team. And in in Penn, Penn State is another intriguing one. Michigan State. I don't know about you. For me, I don't. I think this team, they got just relied on Kenneth Walker a lot last year, got some lucky breaks, horrible pass defense a season ago. You would expect that to be better, but I just, I'm not super high on them. So there are teams that maybe could keep it close and compete with them, but I think nine times out of 10, Ohio State's going to be that, that champion that, you know, if you're making a bet and you're, you're trying to put money on it or you're trying to, you know, win some sort of pool where you pick them. I think you'd be crazy to pick against Ohio State at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, and Michigan State, I mean, yeah, it's reasonable to assume that they'll take a step back. Uh, their past defense can't really get much worse, so it's fair to expect them to improve there. But Kenneth Walker was so vital to their offense. At the same time, like, given the incredible golden horseshoe that they had with the, you know, transfer portal last year, finding a running back who somehow made up for poor offensive line play, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think Mel Tucker could be working with a game shark. Mel Tucker might have the answers to the exam. I have no idea. It doesn't seem it defies logic what happened with them last <laughs> year. And I'm honestly, I'm pretty mad about it. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie because I thought, you know, <laughs> hey, cool, we're gonna see a program finally looks human. Oh no, they're just great overnight. You know, we're on our fourth rebuild and. Who knows how long? <laughs> exactly. They got they turned things around way too quickly um, for for a lot of Big Ten fans out there. But the way that they did it last year, not repeatable. In, in my no, it's not to say they're not, not. going to be good. It's just like it's not a recipe for sustained success to just like luck into a generational talent of a college football back for one season. Yeah, yeah, you, and the transfer portal is interesting, but I don't I don't know if you can live and die by that every single season and expect to have that that continuity but there you can but not in the trenches yeah exactly exactly that's some that's that development spot is is more important 
um, than, than some other schools. You know, you can get the skill position guys, you, you, but you can't develop those boys up front um, without some, you know, a couple of years in the system that way. That's what, the way Wisconsin likes to roll. And we'll see. I mean, when you look at the Big Ten, it's, it's kind of feels like tiers to me where Ohio State's clearly that that top tier. And then below them, Michigan, maybe in a separate, probably in a separate tier than Michigan State and Penn State. Penn State to me is is kind of intriguing because I think people look at it and say, you know, Sean Clifford's back. But Sean Clifford last year was a lot better than what he had been previously in his career. And you mentioned it, Mike Yurcich, the offensive coordinator, back for year two. Nicholas Singleton, the running, they've got the talent there. I think they could be almost a sneaky pick in the East to... I really think Penn State is the second, yeah. the biggest threat to Ohio State. I mean, because... When you look at, they started off pretty well. Um, they lost the game against Iowa, in my opinion, because of two devastating injuries. They were horribly, horribly unprepared to play their backup quarterback. That's that's a coaching mm-hmm. error that's really inexcusable. They got like eight false starts once. Uh, oh, that game once, drove me nuts. Yeah, once. I mean, <laughs> th- their backup quarterback was not prepared to play. That was a terrible oversight by their coaching staff. But Clifford was not healthy when he came back. Um, losing Mustafer really hurt their run defense a lot. That being said, I think last year they were an eight or nine win team that lost a couple extra games because of those injuries. I mean, they lost to, you know, certainly they lost to Illinois because they, I think they overlooked them and they assumed that they could play a 70% healthy Clifford and just mm-hmm. walk all over him. Um, but, um, you know, with those things fixed, I mean, Penn State was maybe on their way to do some pretty remarkable things. Um, they certainly have the talent to do it. You look at the ce- the ceiling is often defined by either the experience or the talent level, right, of, of a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, Penn State kind of has both in a lot of positions. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. has been, uh, you know, a really solid force in the secondary. Um, and they, you know, don't forget, they also... Uh, Oh God, I can't remember uh, the the guy's name. Chop Robinson, transfer from Maryland. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one of their few blue chip guys on defense transferred to Penn State. So they've, you know, Ohio State's got blue chip talent everywhere. Penn State, not quite as much, but enough to maybe make some noise. A lot of yeah. noise. Yeah. And, uh, put. I mean, they've been the team that puts the fear of God in Ohio State prior to last year's you know deal with Michigan getting a, a really good matchup. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And is that game at Columbus or at Penn State? That's another huge factor in in that race. But I, I tend to agree with you that that is certainly the the team that that would, might give them the the biggest scare. Out yeah, that in, game is that game is at Penn State. So yeah, so there you absolutely. go. That's that's uh that's a whole a whole different beast when you've got to go play in there. Likely, you know, with a whiteout in, in State College, that can make any team. Um, you know, feel it a little bit there. So, all right, so that's kind of the, the top of the East. We'll spend a real quick rapid fire amount on the bottom of the East, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, anything stand out there for you? I, I personally, I think Maryland could be intriguing on the offense. Maryland is side. in my opinion, the best of those. Um, yeah, for the, sure. The one that you would most highly bet for, because there is something that, you know, they can do pretty well, which is throw the ball. Um, their running game has been lacking, and their defense has really underperformed its talent level. But if their receiving core stays healthy, I mean, Dante Demas was 
really putting up some big numbers. Um, it's the problem with these three teams is that the wins have to come from somewhere. Um, I think of these, I maybe believe in Rutgers the least because even though they are getting talent, I'm just not sure what they're going to do on offense. I don't know what the ceiling of their defense is. Indiana certainly has the talent to do a, a you know, to have a major turnaround on, on defense. Not really a turnaround. Their defense was solid last year. Their offense was just so abysmal mm-hmm. that their defense, the the dam broke. So, uh, I don't know. Those three are, are intriguing. I think Maryland will be the most fun to watch because, you know, they've got one aspect of their team that works really well, which is the, uh, you know, the passing game, Tagovailoa is very solid, and he's got two really good receivers in uh, Demas and Rakeem Jarrett. But yeah. Indiana, it's going to depend so much on how uh, Connor Bezlak and, um, oh, God, what's his name? Walt Bell uh, mm-hmm. mesh with the new offense. Because I went through this whole thing on Off Tackle Empire when we were hired. Um, where Walt Bell has kind of been up and down as an offensive coordinator throughout his career. But I went back to probably his, his best days, which were, I don't remember if he was OC or the head coach at, uh, at Arkansas state, um, rolled some game tape from there with a dual threat quarterback, um, that can take some deep shots to a, a receiver that can get open. That opens up a, a lot of things. Uh, Freddie Knighton was the name of this quarterback. I play college football fantasy stuff because I'm an absolute degenerate. <laughs> um, but point is, Indiana's got a lot of question marks. Um, Rutgers has to replace a generational punter in Adam Korsak, which is a very big position of need for them because they don't really have any answers at offense. They've got, you know, of course, the tremendously talented dual threat Gavin Wimsat. The question is, um, do they have, you know, are they going to Sitkowski him, which is to say throw him in in a situation where he's not really set up to succeed and, and wreck? I mean, because what happened to Sitkowski at, at, at Rutgers, yeah. you know, even if he <laughs> even if he hadn't lived up to it, he was put in a no-win situation. Yeah. He couldn't have possibly. I mean, um, so that's, that's the balance that they have to – to strike. I think Maryland is probably uh, of those three, the one I would like the most to, uh, if you told me only one of those is going to make a bowl, I think it's Maryland. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think Maryland will be a fun team to watch and they could you know, pick off somebody. If, if that passing game is clicking and it's on, it's, it'll be intriguing to turn on. You know, these teams have more night. talent than we think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Indiana also has a pretty good amount of talent, and I mean their 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 defense. I really think we're forgetting that their defense should be pretty solid. It's just, boy, their offense was atrocious last year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take some some serious turnaround in that department. Rutgers, I I'm, I tend to agree with you. I just don't know if I see it. They they got a tough draw from the West too. I believe they have Nebraska, which who knows, but Minnesota. And I don't know who their other West draws. There's no more Illinutgers. Illinois, uh, the Big Ten <laughs> killed the best series yeah, in right? the whole conference in <laughs> exactly. Illinutgers. Just when Rutgers finally got one on the board, <laughs> they took it. They took it right away from them. Yeah, that was always a fun one. That would be. That's what I joked when I when the new Big Ten media deal came out. I was like, I'm I'm so looking forward to Rutgers and Illinois exclusively on Peacock. But then I realized they they pulled that series. Maybe we'll get it back by the time. 
that rolls in. But um, that transitions us well, um, talking about Illinois, as I know you're an Illinois fan. We'll switch over to my favorite division, the Big Ten West, God's division, as I like to say. As an outsider, because we talk about Wisconsin a lot, obviously, on a Wisconsin podcast, what are your impressions of the Badgers? Because I think I'm at the point right now where I'm hyping myself up for Wisconsin. You know, everything's going to be better. Everything's going to click. The Badgers are going to be back. I need to be talked down a little bit. So what do you think as an outsider's perspective of Wisconsin? I have no idea how much this is going to hurt your feelings. But much <laughs> how I've said that Iowa, previewing Iowa, Iowa is Iowa. When you preview Wisconsin, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to pull up some of my freshman guide to the Big Ten football conference that I did for the Champagne Room series, um, where I, I've, I've basically said that uh, um, what Wisconsin's going to do. It says some elements are modernized, but it's still very much Barry Alvarez football, quarterback under center, fullbacks, tight ends, offset eye formations, very physical ground-oriented setups. Um, looking for... Chris will, of course, run play action, looking for fullbacks in the flats and tight ends on crossing routes. But generally speaking, he, like his predecessors, likes to establish the run. Wisconsin has a history of taking local un local unheralded offensive line prospects and turning them into NFL guys by the time they're redshirt seniors and having a back that they're going to try to get 300 carries. Uh, tell me where I'm wrong there. <laughs> it sounds, it's likely the, that same. Braylon Allen yeah. is getting 300 carries. I guarantee it. Um... Oh, oh God, yeah. The other thing is they always have a. Uh, I said somewhere in here that they always have a starting quarterback that half the fan base never wants to see again. That is absolutely true. There's nothing more divisive in Wisconsin than opinions of Graham Mertz. Does not matter whether he's a former walk-on or a blue-chip recruit. If you're the starting quarterback at Wisconsin and you're not Russell Wilson that one time, then half the fan base never wants to see you play again. <laughs> That that sums up the Badgers. And I think, you know, while there has been changes that I think are positives, is it going to be that much different to the outside world? I I don't really think so. I'm trying to convince myself, but it's likely going to be the same recipe in the same Wisconsin, which has worked in previous times. But yeah, it absolutely has. I mean, it's got to get better. I mean, yeah, obviously they, they graduate some very productive linebackers, but. They've always got linebacker play that's very good. Uh, I think part of this just comes from the fact that their system is so established that, you know, recruits know that if they play 3-4 in high school, like a real dedicated 3-4, they've got a place in Wisconsin. Keanu Benton, I think, is an absolute stud uh, at nose tackle. I'm a big fan of big, meaty men slapping meats. Uh, <laughs> I love that Wisconsin will always have a dude that enormous in the middle um you know jim leonard one of the best coordinators in the country but uh running a very similar looking defense on the surface that wisconsin's run for you know as long as i've really been paying attention and i think that even if wisconsin really wanted to throw the football around uh they wouldn't really be able to they'd be better served running it anyway um it's just what I expect from Wisconsin is that their offensive line is all redshirt seniors who all got in the weight room, you know, in their redshirt year. And then, you know, eventually kind of became um, carbon copies of the last guys that were there. They um, that's just kind of what happened. And Wisconsin is very much uh, a factory, if you will. Um, it 
it's in my opinion the superior one to Iowa most times because you know Wisconsin is generally the default choice to win the Big Ten West but in this case unlike with Ohio State it's not so much because like oh you know Ohio State produces the most talent it's because well who else is gonna do it <laughs> exactly I mean someone's to got to win the Big Ten West probably with the nine and three record at best uh probably going to be the team that's generally made a, a a habit out of doing it um I, I, there's I there's, there's right. several teams in the big 10 west there's four of them now yeah that sure. really run sure. peak big 10 west football and by the way be prepared for i mean i'm so excited for next year because i think uh, i hope that illinois will be really rolling by then but it will be the last year of big 10 west football and i am that's just tragic i certainly hope I, my team can make a run at the division because there are four teams that play what I believe is true Big Ten West football. Northwestern wants to, but as of last year, they're very bad at it. Um, and in, it's true for all four of these teams, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Their passing game was kind of bad last year, but it's going to get worse because they lose their biggest contributors. Yeah. You, I guess you, Illinois doesn't lose Isaiah Williams, but they lose a lot of targets. Right. And yeah. their quarterback. You saying the end of the Big Ten, I was just thinking that. I was like, you know, how many more years are we going to see these these punt competitions back and forth? It, it seems like it's on its way out, and, and that really just put a damper on my heart thinking about it. <laughs> but it, I mean, next year's for, for all the bragging rights, could it be the year the Big Ten West finally wins the title game? Probably not unless Ohio State gets in some kind of trouble. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, we've talked about Wisconsin. I mean, Iowa, I think you can look at Iowa and say eight and four. Same Iowa. We always see similar to the Badgers can kind of just Iowa's going to be Iowa, similar to the way Wisconsin is going to be Wisconsin, in my opinion. It's it's not really much that I can look at and say anything's going to be different because they they other than new faces, new names, new jersey numbers. It's it's really the same thing to me every single season. Well, in my opinion, the difference is that Wisconsin generally doesn't change it because they're cognizant of the fact that it works. <laughs> Iowa, it is just a happy accident that it works because Kirk Ferentz wouldn't change it even if it didn't. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's that's my that's just my opinion. But uh, that's a that's, great one. In, let's in, see in what I, here, here's how I sum this up. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured head coach in the Big Ten, and things are not going to change whatsoever. They will run the stretch play a lot. They will identify their most talented back and give him only 30% of the carries. They will have a large white dude at quarterback, sailing passes 20 feet out of bounds on a five-yard out to a tight end. That will be an NFL All-Pro someday. They will play great special teams and stifling defense, and they will win 8.3 games. Exactly. Exactly. That's what they do. <laughs> that's what they do. Mr. Eight and four. That's that's what you know. That's just kind of how they do it. And they won ten regular season games last year, which means it is absolutely an eighter this year. Yep. It is they got an Back to that mean. <laughs> um. All right. Up after that, Minnesota. You get some guys back from injury. Mo Ibrahim, huge. Chris Hoffman Bell, good. Tanner Morgan back for his twelfth season at quarterback. Everything else to me looks like a work in progress. I really don't know what to make of this team. I mean, the last few years they've had they've got Wisconsin at the end, but throughout the rest of the season they've dropped some ugly games. Anything that you that really stands out for you in terms of Minnesota? 
But Tanner Morgan was really good when he had Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. and Rashad Bateman. There is not a complimentary receiver to Chris Altman Bell, so I think he's got his work cut out for him. I mean, when he's not had a diverse array of really good targets to throw to, we've seen Morgan really struggle for a guy mm-hmm. with so much experience. Um, did you? Here's an interesting stat. Did you know that out of all the teams that weren't Air Force, Army, or Navy, the team that ran the ball the most as a percentage of their offensive snaps was, in fact, the Minnesota Golden Gophers? I do remember seeing them. They were they were up there. Yeah, them. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin's always up there. Actually, North Texas was a team that was up there last year. I was just looking at some numbers for them for a bet that I put in. But yeah, Minnesota, they like to run the football, and, and they've leaned on that. So Mo Ibrahim certainly helps having him. But they're back, not they're but... not an elite special teams unit. That's the thing. They're not a bad special teams unit, but if you run that kind of deal where you want to just run the ball and run clock, your special teams would better be some of the best in the country. That... Um, <laughs> I think the Gophers could learn too. I think the Gophers, like much of the country, or like much of the Big Ten West, you know, well, you know, it is not not that the Big Ten West isn't in the heartland or anything, but much like a lot of that division, probably looking at eight and four. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I I tend to completely agree with you. Same kind of that same situation. Whoever can get to that nine and three spot, likely a a, a shot at the title. But everyone else, kind of a murky water in the West, seems like a foregone conclusion at this point for them as well. Well, you know, we've said that every. I used to have this whole whole thing on off tackle empire where I just. As we get closer to the start of the season, they you know say, well, Wisconsin's obviously the favorite because they generally win. But you know, Iowa's always pretty good. And you know, you look at PJ Fleck, this Minnesota team is really rising. And you know, at some point, Purdue's going to break through. And boy, Scott Frost can't. In fact, anyone could win the Big Ten West except Illinois, right? <laughs> that was the refrain for years mm-hmm. and years and years. Now it seems like anyone could win the Big Ten West unless their school is located in Illinois, because I don't think anybody believes in Northwestern anymore. <laughs> I, you can't believe them, but they, as a Badger fan, they always strike the, the fear of God into you when you're traveling to Evanston, which is what Wisconsin's doing. So The, the, that... the difference between, you know, previous down Northwestern years and this one is that last year they couldn't stop the run. No. That's really unusual no. for them, and that, that, that put them – that is a much, much more worrying sign than anything we saw out of them in previous down years. Yeah, that was – that was shocking to to see them struggle the way that they did uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Just completely. It was hilarious to see us uh, send a <laughs> corner blitz with a five touchdown lead in the fourth quarter against them. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, after after Lovey Smith resting his starters against a really bad Northwestern team with six wins in hand, it was great to see Brett Bielema be the asshole we needed at the time. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that was that was always a fun matchup. That Illinois Northwestern rival game at the no, end. No, it isn't. <laughs> it... <laughs> and the 2019 game, uh, my parents were in town visiting for we hosted Thanksgiving, and it was so bad that after you know not saying anything for about 30 minutes, you know, during, uh, my parents just decided to pack up and leave during halftime because it's like, well, this is awkward now. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> funny. That, uh, that that classic Illinois rivalry. All right, what else do we got? Who else do we got in the big? Oh, Nebraska. We have to talk about Nebraska, the best yes, three team in the country. I don't know. I I want to just continue to make fun of them. It seems like to me, and I hate to say it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just 
being optimistic for them, but it seems like those bounces have got to correct at some point this year. So do you think they're going to a bowl or is this going to be the same Nebraska team that has just been brought us all outside of Nebraska so much joy to just continue laughing at? I'll tell you what, they had a chance to win every single game they were in last year. They had some crucial mistakes at the worst possible time. Um, they've got the most talented roster in the Big Ten West. They've got a lot of really talented skill position guys, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism, and an offensive system that puts them in the best position to use it. They've got a really good, fundamentally sound defense under Eric Janander that I think really peaked last year but only stands to maybe get better, if anything, this year. Um, and on paper, this team should be capable of winning the Big Ten West. And I thought that a lot coming into the season. And then Scott Frost opened his mouth, <laughs> right? Because uh, you remember what he said last week about how, yeah, you know, our offensive line coach, you know, we're getting about 15 to 20 offensive line pukes per practice. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not because they're out of shape. It's just because we're working them hard and this is good that our offensive linemen are puking 15 to 20 times per practice. <laughs> just fantastic. And uh, boy, when he said that, I put down a big fat bet on Northwestern Moneyline because I remember <laughs> Scott Frost being on some real meathead, real meathead stuff going into last year's mm -hmm. matchup against Illinois when, of course, this was their breakthrough year. You know, they were the team of destiny. We're not talking, we're talking about can they beat Oklahoma? Or, Illinois is a foregone conclusion. Of course they're going to beat that. And they start off the scoring to the season by getting a safety on a punt return somehow. Yeah. So here's the thing. For as much as they did have those bounces go their way, they had the turnovers in the worst possible times and all this stuff happens. You know what else they had that I think is very coachable? They had the worst special teams oh, the, in the Big Ten, some of the worst in the country. Okay, now, yes, they had a, a, a really, you know, fumble that was just one of those random bounces costing the game against Michigan. But against Michigan State, they would have won the game if not for a play where their punter kicked the ball right oh, and the gross. coverage team went left. <laughs> I had never huh? seen a more wide-open punt return yeah. touchdown than that. That I was mean, incredible. I had I had a bet on Michigan State that game. I was I thought it was just completely dead, and then all of a sudden that happened, and it was and then of course an Adrian Martinez interception in overtime wins it. It was just unbelievable. And we, and, yeah, and when you yeah. talk about you know what a coach is is doing, I mean, there's been a lot of players that have transferred out of Nebraska. Some of you know some of them for reasons like Wondell Robinson wanted to be closer to home, but. Uh, Boy, after hearing that Adrian Martinez played six games with a broken jaw, yeah, nobody wow. ever knew about it. Wow. I wonder what led to him leaving the program because that's a guy who gave absolutely everything he had. Um, I mean, it, it, it just kind of makes me think. Prior to him reminding me that he was Scott Frost, he was that meathead guy. He was the same guy who said that he thought his players showed a lack of toughness wearing hoodies to warm up at Minnesota in a press conference while himself wearing a hoodie. Right. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Talked yep. about how hoodies about make you look not tough while himself wearing a hoodie. Like uh, the same guy that said, Oh, 
we were completely unprepared for Illinois to run an even man front like every other team in the Big Ten does, and that's why we lost the game. Uh, and then came out on Monday and clarified, no, 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 no. I want to make sure you understand. I coached us into this loss, right? And he, it, it, I was really feeling the same way you are about Nebraska, which is at mm-hmm. some point, at some point, some point, things got to come up Nebraska, right? Just too good for it not to. Uh, until Scott Frost just reminded me that he is Scott Frost and he can absolutely, I really think he's got the magic to take defeat from the jaws of victory every single time. I think, yeah, you just talked to me because I was looking at odds today and I was like, man, Nebraska plus 380 to win the West. That doesn't seem crazy. It you know what? Here's, odds, the, but... <laughs> here's the odds that I would bet on is Nebraska to win the Big Ten because take a longer shot pains me to say this out of all the teams in the big 10 west nebraska is absolutely the one most capable of standing up to ohio state and beating them because they they play a style Mm -hmm. they've got the athletes right how many times have 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 you seen wisconsin go up against ohio state and just been and, and they were just overwhelmed with superior athletes at the skill position by the you know sometimes it they held their own for a while. Sometimes they lost by 59 points. It was the same kind of thing where it's like, wow, this style is really good for a lot of different opponents, and Ohio State is not one of those opponents. Exactly. Um, Nebraska, I hate to say it, but the, of all the teams of the Big Ten West, maybe Purdue could do it. Nebraska, I think, has the better defense. <laughs> Nebraska's got the best chance of beating Ohio State. And finally getting one on the board for the Big Ten West. That being said, I wouldn't count it because they're not playing real Big Ten West football. Exactly, exactly. They are an enigma for sure. All right, all right. Oh, it looks like we're getting up to – we got two minutes left. So I'll end this one. We'll finish up. Shouldn't be more than a few more minutes left. Uh, We'll talk about Illinois and Purdue and then uh, get you out of here. So, Well, Illinois, I think, is going to go as far as – the improvements to the offense are concerned. Um, that's that's really going to be the deciding factor. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They've got a transfer quarterback that I'm kind of iffy about and Tommy DeVito from Syracuse. They're three deep at New Jersey guys for quarterback between him, Art Sitkowski, and uh, Devin Leary. I, I don't know. Their offensive line returns enough to maybe convince me, but... I feel like five wins is in the works, and that's okay. They have a chance at six, which would be, I mean, bowl wins are, yeah. I graduated in 2012. I've had, I've seen two bowl berths. Um, I missed out on both of them because they were in terribly inconvenient times and locations. Uh, Purdue, their defense last year was legit, and that was the reason they had a breakout year. I mean, because they had a great offense in 2018, weren't anywhere near as good as they were last year. Uh, obviously, David Bell is going to be very, very difficult to replace, but they uh, they got like half of Iowa's receiving core. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see Charlie Jones in a, in a real offense. Um, uh, losing Milton Wright for academic uh, ineligibility yeah, sucks, but Jeff Brom is just an incredible quarterbacks coach. Um he wasn't back in 2011 when he quartered, when he coached Nathan Shieldhouse at Illinois and couldn't find more than seven points against Ohio State, and I'm never going to stop being mad at him for that. Um, but 
I, I, you know, Purdue could very well contend for for the title. They always seem to have everything for. I mean, they always seem to solve Iowa. They always lose to Minnesota. Uh, I think they've got our number, but they don't do too well against Wisconsin. Northwestern, I really think because of the thing I told you about before, the, the defensive identity just seems to be gone. I don't know what they're going to do to fix that. Um, you could have reasonably seen their 2020 resurgence coming based on the fact that they were bad at quarterback and they picked up Peyton Ramsey. <laughs> no such salvation here for them. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. All right, real quick, give me your Big Ten championship prediction. <laughs> Ohio State over Wisconsin, same as it ever was. <laughs> I I tend to agree with you. I think that's likely going to be. All right, Badger fans, so we accidentally ran up against the new Zoom 40-minute limit and didn't catch it in time, but you got the gist of our conversation. Steve likes Ohio State over Wisconsin, as do I at this point in time. Hopefully you enjoyed a little bit more laid back, less serious conversation than your usual Big Ten predictions because, frankly, a lot of these teams are going to look exactly the same as they did last year, especially in the West, as we kind of mentioned. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you missed it, go check out our offensive and defensive previews from last week. We'll be back on Thursday to talk and preview Illinois State. We've got another guest lined up for that as well. Hopefully you're enjoying this new podcast format. And, yeah, we'll be back to preview Illinois State later this week and then of course the following monday we'll have everything recapping the badgers home opener at camp randall exciting time for wisconsin football and wisconsin football fans so thank you guys for listening on wisconsin